0: I love this church, you know, we meet in different places, but everybody rallies together, and it's just hungry for God, and uh, wanting to encounter Him, and I don't know about you, but I really sense the Holy Spirit's already in this place, and He wants to do something that I believe is going to be pivotal in people's lives, Uh, in fact, it's going to be, tonight, it's going to be a word that's going to be a catalyst to take us, not just as a group of people into a whole new realm. Uh, but for individuals here, your relationship is with God is totally going to uh, change and go to a new level. How many can believe that tonight? How about throwing your hands in the air? Right? We and we thank you, Jesus, that you're here. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you want to make Jesus real to every life. And uh, this isn't just a gathering of people to sing some songs. And listen to a message, Lord. This is a gathering of people who want to encounter you afresh. And I pray, Lord, that you'd come and you'd move in this place. We give you permission right now to do so. We break down every wall, every barrier, Lord, every area in our life which would stop us accessing the fullness of your promise for our life. Lord, and uh, tonight we come to you. With an open heart and hungry for more of you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Come on, everybody shouted. Amen, amen, amen. Me and Nicole are 20 tonight. I've got the same jersey on, same haircut. And uh, in fact, uh, I've just been away for a little while and uh, I was in South Africa, uh, where Nicole's from in South Africa. And I was going to the airport to fly to Frankfurt. And uh, on the way to the airport, uh, I heard Nicole's voice on the Christian radio station in South Africa. And uh, she was singing Stay from our EP that we released uh, earlier this year in South Africa. In fact, uh, a, a, they just played a short clip and they said, if you know the artist, ring us up and uh, tell us the artist because they've been playing that song a number of times. And uh, so the guy in the car... My, the guy driving me happened to know the DJ, and so we didn't. Uh, we rang him up privately, and I said, Yeah, I know who that is. That's Equippers Revolution. And uh, so you are having an influence in your home nation right there. That's pretty cool, isn't it? What God's doing and God's moving. Well, if I could have that up, that'd be cool. We're going to um, read a passage from Ephesians chapter 1. This is the. Uh, the text for this series. I'm reading from the message version and I want you to get it in your heart. The title of this series is called The Church You See. Just to quickly turn to your neighbor and say, what do you see? What do you see? What do you see when it comes to church? Do you see an institution? Do you see a service? Or do you see what God sees? Because I really believe through this series we're going to align Our hearts and our lives to see what God sees. And I like what Ephesians chapter 1 and the message says, verse 20. It says, All this energy issues from Christ. God raised him from the dead, from death, and set him on a throne in deep heaven. In charge of running the universe, everything from galaxies to governments. No name and no power exempt from his rule. Isn't that good news right now? Uh, There's no name or no power exempt from his rule. And not just for the time being, but forever. He is in charge of it all, has final word on everything. At the center of all this, Christ, Christ rules the church. The church you see. Somebody say, the church you see. The church you see is not peripheral to the world, but the world is peripheral to the the church. The church is Christ's body in which He speaks and acts, by which He fills everything with His presence. How many right now are thankful for the church? Come on, the church is His body through which He speaks and acts and fills the earth with His presence. The church is God's plan, not man's plan, it's God's plan. And uh, I really believe, you know, in this series we're going to have a greater perspective of what the church is and what the church can do. Well, the title of my message, this morning's message was, It's Not About You. Welcome to Equip Church. It's not about you. The title of my message tonight is, It's All About Him. Turn to your neighbor and say, It's all about Him. It's all about Him, and you may take your seat. This series, Believe It or Not, is all about worship. And uh, how many know we all worship? Whether we recognize it or not. Uh, Many people say, well, I, I didn't enjoy the worship. Well, the fact of the matter is you were just worshiping something else. In many places, we can worship our feelings, we can worship the opinions of others, we can worship a whole lot of different things. We're created to worship and we're worshiping no matter what. The question is, is what we're worshiping worthy of our worship? And, uh, you know, that's the question we've been uh, asking this morning. We talked about the enemy's desire. Uh, Tonight, we're going to talk about God's desire, God's greatest desire. What is God's greatest desire. In fact, in many places we know God is love, but how many know love that's not expressed isn't love? Yeah, love that's not expressed, that just remains in here, is actually not love. Love causes you to do crazy things. Come on, how many have ever been in love before?
1: Uh,
0: A few people have been in love. If you're married, you should be lifting your hand right now. Uh, I'm in love. Yeah, love will cause you to go outside of your comfort zone. Love will cause you to put yourself in places that you wouldn't normally put yourself. When you love something, love is an amazing motivator. It, it, It causes you to stay up late at night. You know, many people who don't even like talking on the phone, when they fall in love, they talk on the phone more than ever before. Because why? Because they are in love. And love unexpressed is not love. You know, one thing about love is love is prepared to sacrifice. Now, so often in life, you know, when it comes to photos, and we're good at taking photos these days because we have access to cameras wherever we go, we have a camera in our hand and we take photos. But when we see photos, we, we often look for the photo we're in. You know, have you ever go through uh, photos, a whole lot of photos, and you'll often stop at the one you're in. And if a whole lot of people are in that photo and you look bad, it's a bad photo. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm talking about there. Yeah, it doesn't matter how everybody else looks. If you don't look good, it's not a good photo. Uh, but but here, here's the thing. Sometimes everybody else looks good and we don't look good. And and the problem is, is we're so consumed with self, uh, we don't see the overall perspective. And I really believe through this series, God wants to lift our eyes so that we see the overall perspective. And tonight we're going to talk about God's desire. We talked about how the enemy's desire is to get us to focus on self. To to get us focused on, on me, my, and I. But here's the deal, when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you go from focusing on me, my, and I, to focusing on we, our, and us. Because my life is no longer my own, it's no longer I that lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. Well, I've got three points tonight, and they're pretty simple, and so we're going to start with number one, so you ready?
1: We're hungry. By the way,
0: we declared at team night, if you weren't there, 52 days of breakthrough. 52 days of breakthrough. Uh, Testimonies already coming in of significant breakthrough. Next day, Manuel got his visa. Been believing for it for, I don't know, six months to a year and got his visa the very next day. I'm believing next 50 odd days, we're going to see significant breakthrough. Right to Friday the 13th, which happens to be the last day of shouts. I'm glad we're not superstitious. Friday the 13th is going to be a great day in Jesus' name. Amen. Number one, God's greatest desire. Number one is God made me from... ...me out of Him. I want you to catch this truth. When God wanted something... He spoke to that which He wanted it to come from. So if we go back to Genesis chapter 1, you know, God wanted some things and, and, and He spoke to that which He wanted it to come from. See, when making things, He spoke to it. And, and, he, and there's this principle in the Bible that, that whatever something comes from, it gets sustained by and it returns to. Now, now, I want you to catch that real thing. and We're going to say this out loud. Whatever it comes from, it is sustained by and it returns to. Uh, stay with me right now. Stay, so, so, whatever it comes from, it's sustained by and it returns to. Okay, whatever it comes from, it's sustained by and it returns to. Okay, I want you to remember that. Because you under, need to understand, in Genesis, God created some things and He made some things. Uh, we use the word create a lot. You know, I created this, I created that. And it's alright in English, but in Hebrew, there's two words. And they differentiate between what God created and what God made. Wow. What God made. You know, in fact, theologically... Uh, to create something is to form something out of nothing. Now, the reality is, how many know in life we don't create anything? Because we are always working with raw materials. I mean, you say, well, look what I built, look what I created. You didn't create that. You made it out of the raw materials that God created. To create is to form something out of nothing. You know, that's why God said, let there be light, and there was light. To make is to make something out of something else. And that's, in essence, all we do. Because, let's face it, we can't create something out of nothing. You know, I can't even grow the hair on my head, let alone form something out of nothing. You know, there's a whole lot of things. You know, let there be light. If I said it, you know, it's like, boom, nothing's happening. You know, when it comes to a building, you don't go, let there be a building. Uh, it doesn't work that way. And we've got to understand there's a difference between creating something and making something. God, God created some things out of nothing, but He made some things from something. And what He made it from is very important. Because whatever it came from, it's going to be... Sustained by. Come on, you've got to remember this. Whatever it came from, it is... By. And will... You're getting this. Okay, that's why in Genesis chapter 1, verse 11, paraphrase, we had a few more things. Then God said, let the earth bring forth grass, trees, flowers, fruit. Let, let it bring forth. Let, let the earth. So he didn't say, let there be trees. And, and there were trees. He said, let the earth bring forth trees. So, so where was he making the trees? He was making them from the dirt. They came from the dirt. I don't know if this is a bit too much for a Sunday night, but stay with me. You know, he said, let the earth. He was speaking to the earth, and when he spoke to the earth, the earth listened, and the earth produced trees. It produced plants. It produced flowers. Right. See, see, God wants, God plants, plants, he wants plants to come from the dirt, But in the end, those plants are sustained by the dirt, and in the end, they will return to the dirt. If we jump down to verse 20, it says, Then God said, let the waters abound with abundance of living creatures. So what did He speak? He spoke to the water, and the water brought these creatures about you know, it brought forth living creatures. Then God said, let the earth bring forth the living creatures. So, so animals, where did they come from? They came from the dirt. They're sustained by the dirt. And they'll return to the dirt. Now, Now, here is why this is important. Because on the sixth day, when God wanted man, he didn't speak to the earth. He spoke to himself. In fact, let's go to uh, verse 26. It says, Then God said, Let us. Somebody say, "Let let us. This is God, the Godhead coming together. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Here's the point. Let us make man. We came from God. We're sustained by God. And we will return to God uh, but some of you are saying oh, didn't he make us from the dirt yeah he made our bodies our earth suit after all this is just an earth suit you know the the outside this is an earth suit that one day you know it's formed from the dirt it's sustained by the dirt and it will return to the dirt your your body is from the dirt yeah correct but when it comes to your spirit, your spirit came from God, is sustained by God, and will... Come on, I need some help right now. You've got to get this. See, we came from God. Uh, uh, from God. <laughs> Not uh, your body and God. God. <laughs> Mark got that one. <laughs> see, see, my body came from the dirt, sustained by the dirt. You know, Vegetables. Yeah, fruit, ice cream. You know, they sustain my body, but they came came from the dirt. Yeah, some of you don't believe ice cream came from the dirt. Well, what do cows eat? They eat grass, and what you know, they produce. They produce milk, and where does ice cream come from? It comes from. Do you know what ice cream is? Uh, Ice cream is simply processed salad. Do I get an amen on that one? Yeah. It's good for you in Jesus' name. Uh, what you've got to get is our spirit. Where does it come from? Our spirit comes from? Oh, uh, man, do I need to say it? It comes from God. It's sustained by God. And it will return to God. Yeah, good, good, good. Yeah. Uh, what if a plant said to the dirt? I'm pulling out. I'm going to make it on my own. Uh, what would happen to their plant? It would die. Uh, do you know what man said to God? Man, man said to God, "I'm pulling out. I'm going to make it on my own. And God said, "The day you do that, you will die." Our bodies didn't die. Because our bodies came from the dirt. But our spirits died. And in the end, when your spirits die, if your spirits dead, it will affect your body. <coughs> yeah, you've got to understand. Uh, your body may be alive, but if it's not connected to Jesus, there's no life. That's why in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, he says, And you were made alive. If we could have it up on screen. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1. I want people to see this. And and you were made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin. So so what were you before you came to Christ? You were dead in trespasses and sin. And we we all know John 10.10. Where it says that Jesus said, I have come that you might have life. Somebody say life. 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 And that you may have it more abundantly. We focus on the abundance side, but we don't realize that Jesus came that we just might have life. Apart from Jesus, you're not living. There's no life. See, we're not even alive without Him. Where did we come from? We came from God. God made me from Him. You now before you even sparkle in your, your parents' eyes, God saw you, He knew you, He formed you, He shaped you. You're not here by chance. you're not an accident. you're not a monkey that got lucky. Uh, come on, you're, you're in the heart of God. You came from God. Here's the deal. you're sustained by God, and in the end you will return to God. Number one. Number one is, God made me from Him. Number two, you ready for number two?
1: Yeah.
0: Okay, number two is, God made me like Him. Uh, we're trying to find out tonight what's God's greatest desire. Uh, God's greatest desire. Here's the thing, He makes a replica of Himself. That's you and I. You know, God made Adam in His likeness. This is when there was no sin in the world. You know, so Adam, before there was any sin, he walks like God, he talks like God, he acts like God, he thinks like God. God made him according to his image and according to his likeness. Now, now Adam, before sin entered the world, had a desire. And and in chapter 2, verse 20, we find out what Adam's desire is, okay? Verse 20, it says, so Adam gave names to all the cattle. Wouldn't that be a cool job? Giving names to things. Looking at them and just naming them. Gave names to all the cattle, to the birds of the air, and to every beast of the field. But, everyone say but. But "But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. Uh, Why would the Bible tell us that? It means that Adam, when he was naming all the animals, was actually looking for a helper. And he goes, no, nah, that's definitely not it. That's definitely not it. So, so there was this need within him. This is before the fall of man. God created him with this need. This unfulfilled need within him. And he was looking for a helper. He was looking for somebody who was comparable to him. He was looking for a companion. You know, it's like Adam, you know, I have you, God, but I'm still lonely. I'm missing something. There's something missing. You know, and God is like, I imagine this conversation. Yeah, you know, hey, God says, hey, Adam, why are you? Oh, I'm busy, I need a rest. You name the animals, and while you naming the animals, hey, see if there's anything you like out of those. <laughs> no, I don't know. If <laughs> but what happens after he does this is he goes to sleep, he wakes up, and, and lo and behold, what's it? A, a woman. And he's going, wow. You know, I, in fact, I, I think this is the first time in the Bible that, that, that someone goes, thank you, Jesus. Because he sees this. See, see, what you've got to understand, when God formed man, the, the Hebrew word is, he squeezed the dirt. But, but, but when God formed woman, formed a woman, uh, the Hebrew word is, he fashioned her. Well, that's pretty cool, isn't it? For men, it was just like... <laughs> for women, it was like, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot more fashion to it. You know, in fact, the Hebrew word for woman means out of man. Uh, that's what it means. Now, now listen, how did God know that the only thing that would satisfy Adam's heart was a bride? How, how did God know that? That the only thing that would satisfy him... Apart from him, was a companion. How did God know that? You know, why didn't God just give the man a remote? Because yeah. men like remotes. Why didn't give him a Ferrari? How, how did God know that? Think about this. There's no sin in the world. God creates Adam in his image. He thinks like Adam, talks like Adam, acts like Adam. And he desires like he desires. How how did he know that a bride would satisfy Adam's desire? He knew it because he had the same desire. You want to know what God's greatest desire is? You want to know? It's you. It's you. You are God's greatest desire. Uh, Think about it this way. God's going to give his son something. He wants to give him a son. What, what do you give some, uh, somebody who has everything? Yeah, you know, he has everything. What do you give him? You give him a companion. Well, in this case, you give him a bride. Somebody to share his life with. Yeah, you hey, know, you can have everything, but if you've got nobody to share it with, it's pretty empty. So, so why has God given his son. He's given his son the church. Because we are the bride of Christ. Yeah, if you're a male that includes you. You know, women have to settle sons of God, different things like that. Men, you know, we are the bride of Christ. We are the bride of Christ. So so what does God want to do? He, he wants to share His life with you. God wants to marry you. God wants to spend every day with you. He wants to know you. He wants to talk with you. But, but here's the thing. He created you with a will. And He's not going to force Himself upon you. He's not going to manipulate you. He's not going to control you. He's going to wait for an act of your will. See, there's no freedom to worship unless there's a freedom not to worship. There's no freedom to obey Unless there's a freedom not to obey. And God gives us a will. You know, how many know a robot can't love? Yeah. I love you. You know, yeah, you can't force your wife to, you know, say, I, say you love me. You know, you can't, you can't. It needs to come out of their heart. And we're created with this choice. And we've got to understand when it comes to God, God responds to our act of our will. Unless our will is involved, nothing happens. That's why unexpressed worship is not worship. Because here's the deal. If it doesn't mean anything to us, it doesn't mean anything to God. So if we came in and just performed religious ritual tonight, sung the words on the the screen, but didn't engage our hearts, we haven't really worshipped. It's got to matter to us. It's love expressed. Right. So number one. Number one is we. God made me from Him. Number two is God made me like Him. And number three is God made me to love Him. God made me to love Him. What are we? We are the bride of Christ. You've got, what do you got? You've got Adam and Eve. You've got man and woman, marriage. You've got Christ and His bride. That's the church. You know, how many know when a bride gets ready, it's all about beautifying themselves? Uh, we, we haven't been to the wedding yet. We're in preparation. And, and what God is wanting to do in the church is prepare the church. Ready the church. Right. My oldest daughter went to her first school ball last night. God help me.
1: <laughs>
0: but, but, you know, the process of getting ready for something like that is a big process. You know, for those who've got married, you know, the bride, uh, it takes a whole lot more time for a bride to get ready than a, a groom to get ready. If the groom takes longer than the bride, we've got problems. <laughs> yeah. But when this process... At the moment of God beautifying the church. Beautifying. In fact, we talked this morning about in Revelation chapter 21, how the bride of Christ has many precious jewels, many precious stones on it. And those stones are just to reflect God, reflect the light of God. It's not to draw unto itself, but it's to to reflect the, the goodness of God. And that's who we are. That's our role as God's bride. But God's greatest desire in the end is, is to be loved. To love and to be loved. And what worship is, it's a pathway to express our love to God. You know, when I say to Kathy, you know, I love you and there's nobody I'd rather be with. What am I doing? I'm expressing that love. Now, worship. It is expressed love. That's why it's so important that we don't just focus on one element of church. You know, I was talking this morning about how there's three elements. There's three archangels in the, in the Bible. There's Michael, Gabriel, and Lucifer. We know Lucifer got cast out of heaven. Gabriel, he was responsible for delivering the word of God. Michael, he was responsible for answering prayer. He's the archangel for that. Gabriel was responsible for worship. But the problem with, no, Lucifer, should I say. I'll get it right. Lucifer, but the problem with Lucifer was that he traded. When worship came, the Bible says he traded it. He took a, a cut and he took some for himself. Without delivering the whole lot to God. And that's why God had to send them out, well, cast them out of heaven. You know, when it comes to our life, it's so important that we don't just have the word and we don't just have prayer, but but we we have worship, the word, and prayer. See, I really believe right now there's an attack on the worship of the church. You know, many people can go into other environments and they find a freedom to express themselves. But when some people come to church, they they get all tight. They go, I don't know about this. You know, they can express themselves in the club. They can express themselves in a football game. But but it's it's like in church. You know, what's going on there? It's because the enemy knows the power of worship. You know, worship, when it's from the heart, releases heaven. And we've got to come to God and, and, and express If there's one place you can be yourself, it should be the house of God. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, you need to be yourself. See, some of you are crazy outside of church, but when you come to church, you get all serious. <laughs> if there's one place you have the freedom to be yourself, it should be the house of God. Amen. Amen. Now, now, just let me tell you something about God. I don't know if you know this. I don't know if you know it, but God is a giver. God is a giver. It's in His nature. And He cannot receive without giving. He can't do it. If it comes in, it's going back out. Ever played tag growing up? Yeah, tag, you run around, you know the game. Many people call it different things, but... You know, you'd often establish a rule, no tag backs. Because, you know, for the slow people out there, it's like, they'll take you, you just take them back, take them back, take them back. And they'll always it. You know, they'll always it. It's like, but with God, there's always a tag back. You give to God, it's coming back your way. It's in His nature to give. He can't receive something without giving back. Here's the thing. If you touch God, God will touch you. If you touch Him in worship, God will touch you. Yes. That's why it's so important to make a connection. Uh, when we come t- together, you know, it's not just meeting with friends. Yeah, it's cool. We're a family. We're the family of God. But what you've got to understand, why we come to j- church is to worship. Yeah. I don't come for what I can get. I come to worship God. But I know I have this understanding. If I worship God, if I connect my heart with God, if I touch God, God then will touch me. The woman with the issue of blood understood this. If I just could touch the hem of his garments. The moment she touched God, God touched her. And healed her of a condition that she had for 12 years. The moment, the moment you touch God. See, many of us can come into environments like this. And, 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 and we connect with friends. We connect with the groove. We connect with things. But we don't connect with God. I pray that as Equippers Church would have an understanding. That when we as the people of God gather together. We're here to encounter God. In fact, this is not a service as much, of, uh, as, much as it is an experience. Uh, my prayer going into every weekend is God. Let people encounter you. Because one touch from God will change your life. One touch from God will change the trajectory of your, your future. One touch with God will, will, will see healing break in. One touch from God. Can change everything. Can release you from depression. One touch from God. Can set a new course for your life. Just one touch. Some people say, well I didn't get anything out of the service. Well, let me tell you why. You didn't give anything. You didn't give anything. Because if you give to God, you'll get back. God can't receive and not give. Yeah, He can't do it. And He'll immediately touch you back. If you touch God in worship, He'll touch you back in worship. If you touch God in prayer, if you connect with God in prayer, He'll touch you in prayer. Now, here's what happens. You go, I love you, God. I love you, God. He goes, I love you. Some of you are insecure. Some of you are looking for love in the wrong places. The only tr- place where you'll find true security... Is in worship when you go, I love you, God. And you go, I love you. You're my son. You're my daughter. Uh, That's what happens. We express our our love. And then He pours back into our life. Now, uh, there's 1,189 chapters in the Bible. I, I don't know if you've read the whole Bible. How many have read the whole Bible? Good challenge if you haven't. After all, it's the Word of God, something that we should treasure. But right throughout Scripture, there's this theme. And I'm going to read a whole lot of Scriptures now, but I want you to pick up the theme. Because through this theme, we discover God's greatest desire. Okay? And then we're going to finish off. If we could have the musicians up, that would be great. We're going to start. Here's a lot of Scripture, but you're going to pick this up. Exodus 6 verse 7. I will take you as my people and I will be your God. Leviticus 26 verse 12. I will walk among you and be your God and you shall be my people. Jeremiah 7 verse 23. But this is what I command them saying. Obey my voice and I will be your God and you shall be my people. Jeremiah 11 verse 4. So you shall be my people and I will be your God. Jeremiah 24 verse 7. It says, then I'll give them a heart to know me. That I am the Lord and they shall be my people and I will be their God. Jeremiah 30 verse 22, you shall be my people and I will be your God. Jeremiah 31 verse 33, I'll put my law in their minds. I'll write it on their hearts. I will be their God and you shall be my people. Ezekiel verse 11 verse 20, it says that they may walk in my statutes and keep my judgments and do to them. And they shall be my people and I will be their God. How many are getting it? Have you discovered it yet? Just in case you haven't. Ezekiel 14 verse 11. It says that the house of Israel may no longer stray from me, nor be profaned anymore with all their transgressions, but that they may be my people and I may be their God, says the Lord God. Ezekiel 36 verse 28. Then you shall dwell in the land that I gave your fathers. You shall be my people and I will be your God. Ezekiel 37 verse 23. They shall not defile themselves anymore with their idols, nor with detestable things, nor with any of their transgressions. But I'll deliver them from all their dwelling places in which they have sinned. And I will cleanse them they shall be my people and I will be their God. Ezekiel thirty-seven twenty-seven. 37, 27, my tabernacle will also shall be with them. Indeed, I will be their God and they shall be my people. Now he's speaking to the Gentiles. Then those, then I will say to those who are not my people, you are my people and they shall say, you are my God. In Zechariah, speaking to the Jews, 8, verse 8, I will bring them back and they shall dwell in the midst of Jerusalem. They shall be my people and I will be their God in truth and righteousness. Zechariah 13, verse 9, they should call upon my name. I will answer them. I will say, this is my people. And each day they will say, the Lord is my God. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 16 I will dwell in them, I'll walk among them, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 10. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, says the Lord, I'll put my laws in their mind, I'll write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Revelation chapter 21. One to three, one to three. Here it is, last one. Now I saw a new heaven, and I saw a new earth. For the first air heaven, and the first earth passed away, and there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, new Jerusalem coming down from heaven from God, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband, I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and He will dwell with them and they shall be His people. God Himself will be with them and be their God. Come on, do you get it tonight? Come on, do you get it? What's the greatest desire of God? That we might be His people. And He be our God. His greatest desire is you. He wants a relationship with you. He wants to know you. But He's not gonna force Himself upon you. The way the kingdom works is by invitation. He sends an invitation out. He stands at the door and He knocks. He's not gonna bust down the door. He knocks at the door. He's a gentleman. But if you're to open the door of your heart, He'll come in and He'll meet with you. I know we use that a lot around salvation, but that's actually talking to the church. And I really believe right now, God is knocking at the door of some hearts because your connection has only been to a limited degree. But God is saying, there's so much more. I don't want just part of you. I want all of you. I don't want to just connect with you every now and then. I want to marry you. See, some of us, we just flirt with God. We flirt with Him. We come on a Sunday, we flirt with Him, we feel nice, and then then we go home because it's about our needs. Some of us, we treat God like a friend with benefits. It's like we come, and when we've got a need, it's like, God, oh, I've got a need. Me and my need. And then there's no relationship. We treat it like a friend with benefits, but, but God doesn't want that. He wants intimacy. He wants a relationship with your heart. He wants to connect with you. So you've got to understand there's a part of you that apart from God is dead. Our spirits, they come from God, are sustained by God, and ultimately return to God. See, if we simply say yes to becoming His bride, all of our sin is washed away. It's removed from us as far as the east is from the west. I don't know which is east and west, but... (laughs) It's wider than this auditorium. Go east. Keep going east. There's no end point. Go west. Just keep going west. As far as the east is from the... uh, That's how far He removes our sin from us. Come on, that's good news. Come on, if you've ever stuffed up. If you've ever made a mess. Come on, that's good news. He's removed... Come on, we need to give God thanks for that tonight. He's removed our sin from us. This is why He desires us. We're going to pray in a moment or two. We love to pray for people. But before we do so, we're just going to worship Him. Because I believe that if we can touch Him and worship, He's going to touch us. So I want you to take off every religious garment. When want you throw off tiredness. Some of you may have had a big weekend. I just want you to put that aside. and I want you to allow your heart right now to connect with Jesus. Because I believe as we magnify Him, as we lift Him up, He's going to do something supernatural in people's lives. Because you can't touch God without Him touching you. And right now we're going to sing this song but right now, would you just adopt a posture? We are ready to worship Him. Come on, let's sing, His people. Come on, from your heart, sing it out. Sing it again. Come on, let your heart connect. As you wait, just begin to sing a song of praise, just out of your own mouth, of your own words. We worship you. We exalt.
1: We worship
0: you. Come on, let it go to the let's go. Come on, love unexpressed is not love. Come on, let's let's pour out our love, oh God. Worship unexpressed is not worship. Come on, come on, express your love. touch you right now come on right now he has what you need he has what you need